Moms podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way. We should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hello everybody, 2022, happy new year. It is the first episode of the new year and you guys, the podcast is officially six years old. I started Extraordinary Moms right after Jackson was born and he was six months old and I launched on my birthday week, which was last Friday and I'm 38 and here we are six years later and I still love doing this podcast for you all. I get so much out of these conversations and I'm so grateful for those that are so willing to come on and share their motherhood journeys and all that they've learned and their talents and their wisdom and on and on and on. It's just so amazing. So if you've been around for six years, thank you for supporting the show. And if you're new, welcome. We have some great, great guests for you this year, starting with none other than the incredible Natalie Moss. Natalie's sister, Mandy Sherman, was on the show a little over a year ago, I think, and Mandy and Natalie both have cystic fibrosis. They are both mothers. They are both thriving in their lives. Natalie is a teacher as well, so we talk about her teaching career. We talk about what it's like to live with cystic fibrosis, her health journey, what it's like having that camaraderie with her sister as well, and what she wants us to know about adults living with cystic fibrosis. She is so incredible. We talk a lot about how incredible her parents are, how they helped to shape her into the positive, extraordinary woman that she is today. You're going to love hearing from Natalie if you don't already know her. So let's get to it with Natalie Moss. All right. I'm so excited to be chatting with Natalie Moss today. Hi, Natalie. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thank you. There is nothing better than meeting somebody and then realizing they have a whole host of family members that are equally as awesome as they are. And your sister Mandy was on the show. And (laughs) then I found out about you and I'm just like, oh, you guys are the dream team. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. That's super nice of you. (laughs) Yeah. And does it kind of feel like you have like an alter ego in each other? Because you're like the dark haired version of Mandy Sherman. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. When we get, when she goes dark hair, because she changes her hair all the time, but Uh when she um, dyes her hair brown, I feel like we get so many more people commenting, like, are are you guys twins? Or, like, just that we look alike. So it's super funny. Yeah, that's amazing. I only have brothers, so I never had the pleasure of having a sister, uh, but let alone somebody that looks similar to me, but I would think that'd be so fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am so excited to be chatting with you today. And actually, I have had two years in a row where my first episode of the new year is somebody with cystic fibrosis. I just realized that. Isn't that wild? That's so cool. I know. I think it's so cool, too. And I just love so many people in my life that, well, not so many, but, but more than I would think would be average given, you know, the stats of, you know, how many people actually have cystic fibrosis. But I know so many people that I love that have cystic fibrosis, the more that I know them and what their daily norm looks like and what they battle through in order to just maintain just kind of a norm that, that looks like, you know, a full and thriving life. It's not easy, but 
you are doing it. Your sister's doing it. My friend Lena, my friend Jen, they, they're doing it. And it just gives me so much hope because it is not an easy disease. Well, thank you. Yeah, it is an adventure in and of itself that's for sure and there's lots of hard times but there's also lots of good times so that is just so cool that you know so many people with CF because I feel like it's not super common so that's awesome well and I think the other tricky thing is you're technically and correct me if I'm wrong not supposed to be around other CF patients that is really tricky because I think having a challenging lot in life, be it a disease or a disability or just a circumstance, having that camaraderie and having that sense of community, I think helps people really get through those challenges. And when you're not able to be technically be together very often, that's really hard, isn't it? It's super hard. Yeah. We are so lucky though, um, because of social media, we have been able to connect and meet so many people and friends with CF that we obviously wouldn't have had the chance otherwise. And so it is just so much fun, um, being able to connect and talk and chat with other people with CF in, in, our hard times and our happy times, just creating those relationships, even if we aren't physically able to be around each other, you know, you still are able to create that awesome friendship and relationship. Yeah. This might be a dumb question, but if you have family members like you do, Mandy has CF, what is that? Is that not a problem to be around each other or is it still a concern? So it's not a problem right now because we grew up with each other in the same household and we gave everything that each other has. So like I have all of the infections that her lungs have and she has all the infections that my lungs have. Oh my but if we were to like grow something new in our lungs that the other person like that the other sister didn't have, then that's when we would have to be careful with each other, if that makes sense. It kind of does, but that's kind of tricky, right? It so, is super tricky, yes. Wow. Yeah, that's that's quite a, a burden to, to bear. Yeah. Just hoping like, oh, I hope nothing new pops up. But um, yes, yeah, one of, one of our family friends growing up, they had three of their five children had CF. And... Um, and one, Jen, one of the people that I referenced, had a living lung transplant. And oh, wow. they don't really do that anymore, or it's very, very rare at least. And she yeah. just celebrated, I think it was 20 years, 20 year anniversary since that living lung transplant just last year. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that, that cool? Is so cool. Good yes. for her. I know. I'll have to connect you with her because she yes, is just I extraordinary. She's so amazing. And she's been on too. Uh, so that's uh, Jennifer Satley for people that want to look up that episode if you're interested. Hey everyone. I wanted to jump in real quick and thank a show sponsor. And that is Honey Love. I know that we've all been there where there's that dress that we really want to wear, but we just need something to kind of smooth us out underneath, right? But sometimes strapping on, you know, a girdle or something that does not sound appealing at all. You want to be able to breathe and live and sit and move, and you just need a little smoothing. And that's where Honey Love comes in, because Honey Love is the shape where you actually want to wear. Honey Love is made with super soft and flexible boning, which means your shapewear never rolls down, which has been an issue for me in the past. And I was going out to my husband's work party and there was that dress I wanted to wear. And of course, I'm still nine months postpartum and I'm fine with my body. I think it's great. But also, I want to feel confident in the dress that I wanted to wear. And so I put on Honey Love and they have everything 
from minimum to maximum coverage and there is literally something for everything in every outfit. The other thing I love about Honey Love is sometimes you're nervous to try a new brand, but there's no risk because Honey Love covers the shipping and restocking to make all U.S. returns completely free. You deserve shapewear that you want to show off and you deserve to feel great in your clothes. See for yourself at honeylove.com and get 20% off a second item. Plus, when you use code EEP, you'll get an additional 10% off your entire order. Get 20% off your second item plus an additional 10% off at honeylove.com with code EEP. Honeylove.com, code EEP, rules and restrictions apply. Thanks, Honey Love, for sponsoring the show. Now let's get back to it with Natalie. Let's talk about you, though, Natalie. Tell me a little bit about you, your family, your upbringing. Who are you, Natalie? Okay, so I'm Natalie. (laughs) And I am, I just turned 29 years old. I can't believe it. I'm going to be 30 next year. That seems so old to me. (laughs) Totally, totally. Yes. (laughs) But I just turned 29. And me and my husband have been married for six years. We actually were high school sweethearts. And so before we got married, we were together for, I think, six years before we got married. So we have been together for like 11, 12 years. You grew up together. Yes. Yes, we did. Yeah. And it was so fun going to the same high school and, um, you know, just dating and being there with each other through all the fun memories and creating memories and stuff. But so we've been together for about 12 years. We've been married for six. We live in Utah and uh, we actually just barely had our first baby about a year ago through surrogacy. And we have a little dog. He just turned four and his name, well, he's not so little. He's a 62 pound golden doodle, but he thinks he's a lap dog and his name is Dash. So that's a little bit about my family. And I am actually a middle school teacher. I teach PE and health and I just love it. It's so much fun and I love all of the kids and I love my fellow employees and the people in my department and my boss and it's just such a good environment and atmosphere and I love the school that I work at so that's a little bit about us middle school teachers are a special breed of human really (laughs) and truly I am sending my first son off to middle school next year and I gotta tell you like I am paralyzed with what (laughs) like just the like the school's bigger and just the amount of craziness that exists in our world today, it's just like, I just oh, want to yes. incubate him, but I know that's not for his good, but man, yes. it is kind of brutal being in middle school. Yeah, I actually taught at a high school for six years before this, and we just barely moved to a new place, and so I resigned from my high school job, and I got a middle school teaching job, so this is my first year in middle school, mm. but oh my gosh, I love it. Wow. Like, I... I don't know why, but I just think the kids are so adorable and especially seventh graders and they're, I mean, a lot can change, you know, in middle school and it's an intimidating, a little bit scary time for everybody involved, but it is just so, it's so fun to watch them and to be around them and see their little personalities like develop and bloom and it's just so fun. I am loving middle school. <laughs> well, you're certainly giving me more hope. That makes me feel much, much better, Natalie. Thank you so, so much. So 
like we said, you have CF. Your sister has CF. When were you diagnosed yes. with cystic fibrosis? I was diagnosed at birth. At so birth, okay. The second, yeah, the second I came out, um, my mom looked at me. And I had the same physical symptoms that Mandy did when she was born. And then my mom kissed me. And a big part, a big symptom of having cystic fibrosis is salty skin. And she kissed me and I had salty skin just like Mandy did when she was born. And so the doctors were able to diagnose me right then when I was born. Right. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So that was super lucky. And do you know, I mean, it's kind of hard to speak on behalf of your mom, but having been through this with Mandy and then having a second child with cystic fibrosis, what was kind of her take on it? What was her perspective at that time on managing that and, and envisioning what life would look like with multiple children with cystic fibrosis? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I would be able to tell you the exact answer, but I do know that her and my dad were a little bit overwhelmed with the thought of having not only one, but two children now with cystic fibrosis and that they were just, you know, scared because they wanted to spend forever with us. And now they're getting all these doctors telling them just don't plan on them living long, like all the negative side effects, you know, like Mm -hmm. just everything negative that you could hear. That's what they were getting fed by the doctors. And I mean, now being a mom myself, of course, and before that, but nobody wants to hear the worst things that could happen. They want to feel hope and, you know, just be able to feel like there's a chance and some positivity. And so I know that that was super hard for them um, when they found out that not only their first daughter had it, but now both of their children, both of their children. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I would be interested to see what my mom would say further about that question, but that's what I do know about like their reaction when I was born. Yeah. Well, and I remember from talking with Mandy, how extraordinary your mom sounds and, oh and I'm gosh, sure you're, we're, we're going to talk much more about her as your parents completely empowered you both to just live yes. the fullest life possible. So maybe she will have to come on to answer that for herself, but just, that yeah. would be ama- she would be amazing. Honestly. Yeah. But being a mom now yourself and I have four boys, we want the best for our kids and, and it, it's just the best oftentimes to our brain is the easiest path. The most, like I said, like the incubator, right? Like you just want to yes. protect them. But really a life without challenges and a life without that opportunity to be refined and to learn and to develop grit and determination that's what we want for our kids. We want them to develop those things and they cannot possibly do that without challenges. We just don't get to pick what those challenges are, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so tell me about your growing up years. How was your health in, in your early years? And, um, yeah, just tell me about that. Yeah, it was actually, I felt like it was a really normal childhood besides the fact, you know, that I had all of my, cystic fibrosis, you know, treatments and medications and doctor's appointments and all of that stuff. Um, But my parents did a phenomenal job at raising us to our family motto was no regrets. So anything we wanted to do, they were our number one supporters. And they were like, let's do it. You want to go dance? Let's go sign you up. You want to go play basketball? Let's go sign you up. Like whatever you want to do, will make it happen and 
they were just so awesome and such good supporters and they really really encouraged us to do whatever we wanted to do and so I feel like that was a really big factor in creating and shaping our mental attitude and mental perspective on life because it wasn't you know like I have to do my treatments every day and this is so hard and so sad and I have just a really hard life but yeah that was hard for sure and there were times when we would cry or it would be so painful that you know we were in tears because of that or it was like another doctor's appointment it's so emotionally and physically taxing and there were hard times that's not to say there weren't but my parents were so good at focusing on the good and focusing on the positive that CF was just a part of our lives and even though it is a part of our lives and still is we can do the things that we want to do and and to not let it you know kind of weigh us down but just run alongside us rather than run our entire lives and focus solely on the hard things and the bad things. There is also so much good to focus on as well. And so it was really, really good um, growing up. And I think that, I mean, I honestly could not have asked for better parents in, you know, regards to just not only raising me, but raising a child with a very difficult terminal illness. I think they honestly have knocked it out of the park and could not have done a better job raising us they were just absolutely amazing and I'm so thankful that they are still able to you know encourage us during the hard times and give us hugs when we're crying or it's a hard day and they just are honestly our number one fan and our number one supporters and we're so lucky to have them so um that was really great being able to have that reassurance and that environment at our home growing up and for the most part I was able to do quite a lot of things that my friends were doing obviously besides you know I would have to go to the office early during lunch or at lunchtime to take my pills yeah and um just to do like gotta do my treatments before I go play or just things like that. But for the most part, I feel like I was really lucky to be able to do a lot of the things that my friends were doing. Wow. Your parents really sound extraordinary. And, and I think one of the things that us as moms, we really kind of shoot ourselves in the foot is by thinking we have to do things just right. And when we don't know what we're doing, when we're walking an uncharted path, which all of us really are, but when you're walking like a really, um, when there's a lot at stake, like for your yes. family, they didn't know what they were doing either, but it sounded like they didn't have to do or say exactly the right thing. It was just a matter of being supportive. And like you said, walking alongside you and not like ordering your path, but being that partner in supporting and loving and believing in you. And I think if we can do that for our yes. kids. You really can't go wrong and you don't need to worry too much about am I good enough mom? Am I doing the right thing? Cause guaranteed, you know, they probably wouldn't have said like, you know, in 20 years hearing what you just said about them, they probably wouldn't think, well, I don't think I did that good of a job. Like nobody does at the time. That doesn't mean that you aren't doing a great job, even when you don't feel it fully, just because it's scary being a parent. For sure. Yeah. And that's something they still say is like, 
they're like, we're just trying to do the best with the information that we are given, right. you know, like, because so much has changed, especially in the CF world in the last 10 years or so. Um, but when we were born, it was just really, really grim and really, really dark. And so they were like, you know what, we are going to take this really terrible circumstance and, you know, plate that we've been given and we are just gonna make the best out of it yeah it is so hard and yeah it's so sad but we're not we're gonna choose to focus on the good rather than the hard and when the hard comes we are gonna do our best and we're gonna have a lot of faith and we're gonna push through it but we're gonna find the joy in all of the good times that happen as well and so they did really such an amazing job and I just can't say enough good about them with, you know, like thinking of how hard that would be, especially mm -hmm. as a mom, like exactly like you said, like, I just want to protect my baby and do everything I can, you know, to help him not be sick or to be safe and things like that. And so I just think that my parents were so awesome with the way that they raised us and all the opportunities that they gave us despite having cystic fibrosis. Uh, I love that so much. That's so awesome. Yeah. So one of the challenging things with cystic fibrosis is a, for a long time, you know, in our lifetime, and I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, but you know, a lot of cystic fibrosis patients didn't live to adulthood. And so there wasn't a whole lot of knowledge about what an adult with cystic fibrosis, what their life could even look like, because that wasn't really a possibility at that time. But boy, have medical advancements come a long way. Oh, and yeah. I mean, everyone that I've talked about so far are adults with cystic fibrosis. And that is just a miracle that we live in this day and age where that mm -hmm. is possible. And it's just so incredible. That being said, I'm sure that you were given plenty of warnings as you were getting older about what life would look like for you as an adult, definitely growing your family, what those options would look like if you, you know, wanted to take op optimal care. Mandy spoke about how, you know, the doctor was not pleased when she got pregnant, yes. right? And she was advised mm -hmm. against that pregnancy. And, but look at her, look at what she's created with her life. And you chose a different plan for growing your family. But tell me about that, wanting to grow your family with your husband. How did you come to the option of surrogacy? Yeah. So, yeah, growing up, um, well, when we were born, the life expectancy, expectancy was 18 years old. So definitely there was like nobody living to adulthood. And it the fact that you just said like everybody you know CF is an adult just it gives me it just makes me so happy right? because yes. we honestly never expected that to happen in our lives. Like really, we had come to terms with, you know, we're not gonna live to adulthood, we're probably not gonna have a family and that's okay in our lifetime. But hopefully in the future, like things will be able to change so people with CF can have that. And it happened in our lifetime. And it's just so, <laughs> so awesome. It's just amazing. Something we never thought would happen. But anyway, so yes, having kids with cystic fibrosis is not very um, encouraged, we'll just say. Yeah. <laughs> because it is super hard not for for not only us to, you know, gain weight and sustain and make our bodies 
truly live through every day, but let alone adding another life and trying to grow that as well. So not only that, but our lungs are oftentimes not strong enough to survive labor and birth as well. So it is very strongly, or I should say in the past, has been very strongly discouraged by our doctors. Um, So the fact that Mandy got pregnant, my older sister, the fact that she got pregnant with cystic fibrosis on their own um, was just a huge miracle in and of itself. And just seeing how all the doctors reacted to her pregnancy and how hard it was and difficult it was and you know, truly how much it almost took her life. Um, Me and my husband, we thought a lot about our options. We thought about, okay, what are the pros and cons if we try to have one by ourselves, you know, and go through that same journey that Mandy just went through? Or what are the pros and cons if we try to adopt? And honestly, those were our only two choices that we had thought of which is so funny to me that we had never even thought about surrogacy before, you know? Um, For some reason, it was just those two options, and that's all that we were focusing on. And so we actually had been trying to adopt for, it was about, it was over a year for sure. It was about a year and a half. And every single time we would go to, we had done all the paperwork and everything, and we, Every single time that we went to open our profile to be matched, we just had this feeling like it's not the time. It's not the time. And me being, you know, pressed on time a little bit with in the cystic fibrosis world, I should say, getting older and things like that. I was just starting to worry because I'm like, I'm getting older, like we're running out of time, you know. And but yeah, it just still never felt right every time we went to open our profile. And so we would just, you know, wait again till we thought it was maybe the right time. And then we would go to do it again. Didn't feel like the right time. Didn't feel like the right time. So many times over and over. And so then we were like, okay, clearly like it's not the right time for adoption. And so let's try to think of some other things, you know. And once again, we never thought of surrogacy. We never did. (laughs) And so then one day we were like, okay. Now's the time to make a decision. So it was a Sunday morning when we were having this conversation. And we were like, if we don't get a clear answer by tomorrow, basically, by Monday morning, then tomorrow morning, Monday at 8 a.m. or whatever, we had decided, like, we're going to open our profile for real this time, and we're going to move forward with it. So if it's not what we're supposed to do, like, let there be a clear sign, please, you know, and we were at dinner later that night with my husband's family, and my mother-in-law, she brought up randomly at the dinner table, which we had never really talked about children before, because, you know, like my in-laws, it was a touchy subject, they never wanted to overstep, it wasn't a touchy subject for me necessarily, um, because I'm totally open about everything, but, you know, being an in-law or talking to somebody who has a disease, you never want to overstep your boundaries. Mm-hmm. So we had never really, they had never really talked about it or asked us about it. But anyways, we were at dinner and my mother-in-law was like, okay, I just have something to say and I'm just throwing it out there and you can take it 
and do with what whatever you want with it. <laughs> like that was how she like kind of started <laughs> the conversation. And so we we're like, okay. And she was like, her sister-in-law, her sister-in-law's sister's friend. So sister-in-law's <laughs> sister's friend. I know, it's super confusing. But um, she was like, she mentioned to my sister-in-law's sister that she was interested in being a surrogate for someone and just interested in kind of, you know, going on that journey with somebody. And that's all I'm going to say about it. So if you want to talk to my sister about it, then you can, but that's all we're going to say. And then she went up and got her plate. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, what just happened? (laughs) And me and Al just like kind of sat there and we're like squeezing each other's hand under the table. And we're like, okay, that was like, not coincidence clearly but you know we were just like that was just so crazy the way that it happened and then we got in the car after dinner and we looked at each other and we're like well if that was not a clear sign like what is you know because we Mm -hmm. had literally decided in less than 12 hours we were going to open up our adoption profile and so from that point on actually we just dropped everything and moved forward with surrogacy we I I knew nothing about it so I dove headfirst into the whole surrogacy world and I learned as much as I could about it and researched and researched and it just the more I researched the more it felt like this is what you are supposed to do and so we actually got in contact with the lady who was mentioned and we met them and after our first conversation me and my husband we looked at each other after it was all over and we just looked at each other and we're like, this is her. Like she is the one who is going to bring our baby to us. We had never met her before, never heard of her before. And yet it felt so, so right. I can't even explain the feeling that it was. And so we had left the conversation with her and her husband and we just got to know each other and they were like, okay, give us like a week to think about it. And then we said the same thing, give us a week to think about it, even though we knew immediately, me and my husband did. And then a couple days later, she texted me and she said, you know, like after a lot of thought and conversation and prayer, like me and my husband feel like we are meant to bring your baby to you guys, you know, bring your baby here to earth to be with you guys. And so it was like, the absolute craziest whirlwind of a couple weeks and it was just honestly it was 100% meant to be and I can't even explain like once we chose to move forward with surrogacy it was like everything fell into place and it was the absolute best journey and experience I have ever had in my entire life it was just absolutely amazing that is I just have goosebumps like that is so so special and I mean it just goes to show there are things that haven't even occurred to us like when we say our prayers or dream or set goals so many times we limit our vision to a certain outcome and there are just 100% beyond what we can even imagine or or even within our actual factual mind that we can even comprehend that are the absolute right thing that have just not been open to us yet. And when the time is right, like you said, you were ready to receive that. And then it just went, went along. And 
oh, that is so, so incredible. And the fact yes. that you didn't even know her to begin with, but it was the right person. Like, that is so yes. cool, Natalie. Yeah, just everybody listening, you know, to their inspiration and to yeah. their, just the people listening to their promptings and like our aunt's sister to pass it on to her and then our aunt to pass it on to our mother-in-law. Yeah. Like, it was just absolutely everybody listening to their promptings and, you know, being in tune and it honestly was just absolutely amazing. And, you know, mother-in-laws can get a bad rap for overstepping sometimes, but <laughs> that is one time where you're like... Thank you. Thanks for yes. just going with your gut and listening to that prompting, yep. like you said. So tell yeah, me. it wouldn't have happened without any, you know, anybody listening to their feelings yeah. and their promptings. That's so right. it was just great. I love that. Tell me about yeah. holding your little guy for the first time. Oh, my gosh. I was a <laughs> <laughs> It was the coolest thing. So... Our surrogate, she chooses to have her birth naturally and through, like, so we had decided to have it at the hospital, but she had a midwife giving, mm-hmm. like, throughout the birth. And it was the coolest experience I have ever been a part of. So we, um, I was able to not only be there with her through, you know, like, coaching her through the contractions and making sure she was, I was like fanning her and cheering her on through the contractions. And it was just, she was an absolute rock star. Like, holy cow. She was blowing my mind with how amazing she was, (laughs) but I got to be so involved in everything, you know, and throughout the whole labor and birth, like right there, right next to her. And I actually got to, not only like be next to her throughout that, but like when she was delivering Tate, I got to be there and I got to catch him. The midwife let me catch him and I got to cut the umbilical cord. And then as soon as he was out and everything was okay, she just had me sit in a chair and handed him right over to me. And it was just, it was like something that I had wanted for so long that I truly truly had come to terms with that I didn't think I would get in this life it was just it was here and it was for me and like this was actually happening and it was just the most surreal experience I've ever had and it it was by far the best experience I've ever had in my life like it I don't know if anything will ever top that it was just so amazing and just he was a full full miracle and he was here and he was not only here but he was ours me and my husband like after all of the hard work and tears and years and years of you know wanting stress and wanting to start a family but not knowing how to proceed and then just miracle after miracle happening and he was here and our surrogate is just an absolute angel she is just the most selfless person and we love her so much and we will never be able to thank her for giving us the gift of our sweet, sweet baby. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. And if they want to see cute pictures, your Instagram is all about him. So they're going to yes. have to follow. Yeah. It has turned it's into tender. a whole Instagram all about him. Fan, fan page. Love it. No, and that <laughs> is just so amazing. And something stood out to me that you just said, like you'd come to terms with that they, that may not be a reality. And there's yeah. people that are going to be listening 
that are hoping for something, but there's just certain things in life where, I mean, nothing's guaranteed for any of us, right? Mm -hmm. But for, for some people, whether it's because of a disease or a disability or a life circumstance or anything beyond their control where they want something so bad, but it just may or may not come and probably is more likely that it won't come. Like you said, living past 18, becoming a mom, definitely becoming a mom biologically, right? Tell me about how you've been able to, to come to terms with accepting what is, and then also accepting the miracles as well. But how do you really reconcile, okay, this is the way it is. And I'm going to be okay with that. Even if it's not what I would have chosen. Yeah. Um, First of all, let me say a lot of people get confused when you were just saying, like, not only a biological mom. I'm glad that you understood that. But a lot of people get confused thinking that maybe we use donor, something donor. But I just want to clarify that Tate is 100% um, biologically me and my husband. So he's fully ours, no donors involved. We just had the surrogate carry him for us. But he is 100% um, DNA, biologically, everything ours. So I just wanted to clarify that. Sure, yeah. Um, Coming to terms with the fact that I may never have a child in this life had a lot to do with my religion and the faith that I had in the fact that families are forever. And if whether or not you are able to, you know, have your own children in this life or be able to even get married in this life like that's not the end of it there is we believe or I believe in my religion that there is an afterlife and that it doesn't end here on earth and that even though we may not get the things we had hoped for on this earthly life that is not the end of it and that we still have a chance in heaven and that things will all work out even if our logical earthly mind cannot understand it right now that there is a plan in heaven and that we will be able to get everything that we wanted here on earth even if it's not in this earthly life that we will it will happen when it's supposed to happen according to our plan so that was a big big reason and factor in helping me be able to come to terms with it that's not to say that it was I was totally fine with it and that it was an easy conclusion because it most definitely was not. There were lots of tears and struggles coming to that conclusion, but with the faith and a lot of prayer and, you know, just having a lot of hope that I would be able to get that someday, even if it wasn't in this life, that really helped me be able to come to the conclusion and to be okay with whatever my plan was here on earth while I was alive. Mm. If that makes sense. (laughs) It does. It does. That is so, so powerful. So I know your life experiences have really shaped how you are as a mom and how you view motherhood and how you parent Tate. So how would you say that that has changed you? I mean, you don't know any differently, but how are you as a mom because of the life that you have lived the cystic fibrosis you've lived with and the outlook specifically that you just addressed as well and the faith you have, how does that shape who you are as a mom and how you want to parentate? Well, I would love for him to grow up how we, you know, like with his parents being his number one supporters and whatever he wants to do, like 
we are there backing him up 100%. And to focus on the positive in life, I think that having not only being raised by my parents, but also having CF has really, really helped me to focus on the good in life. Even if there are hard times, like, yeah, we can all have hard times and we can be sad sometimes, but there is so much to be happy about. And there is so much good happening in the world. And that, you know, I want him to be able to grow up with that attitude and being able to find happiness in the little things and find joy in the little things. And something funny that I always think about actually with like being a parent when I honestly never knew if I was going to be or having CF is I find myself like wanting to just remember every single tiny little detail that he does, you know, whether it's a funny smile or he thinks he's so funny scaring people lately or, (laughs) you know, things like that. Like I am like, I always tell my husband, I'm like, we have to get some video because I never ever want to forget this. Like we need to remember it forever. And so I find myself just like loving every single stage that he's in. Like I, sometimes I think, man, it cannot get any better than this. And then the next stage is just as fun. And I'm like, okay, this is my favorite stage. And then the next stage happens and I'm like, no, this is my favorite stage. Like, it's just so fun. And I just love every single part of it. And me and my sister, we always talk about like, you know, like how parents, some parents are like, it's just so noisy or it's just so messy or like, they're just so loud. And sometimes it like gets to, you know, pushes your buttons and stuff. But like, I don't know why, but for me, I am like, bring on the noise, bring on the messes, like, bring on all of the loud, annoying toys, like, this is what I have waited my whole life for, and it is the best sound, and the best thing ever, and I just love it, and honestly, like, it's, it is an absolute dream come true, I have never been so happy in my life, and I have never wanted anything more, and I am just so so thankful that it was a part of my plan that we were able to find our surrogate and she's able to be a part of his life and that we're just able to you know enjoy all of these experiences here on earth with our little Tate because he is the best thing that has ever happened to us and we just love him so much oh you get it you get it and I just love surrounding myself with women and having conversations with women like you who just get it. Motherhood is not easy. And and without a doubt, no. I'm sure you have your, your hard moments where it's like, it, there is a breaking point, right? And there is that, okay, oh, now yes. I need, now I need time away or now I, whatever. But th- the joy that is the through thread, right? And the appreciation okay. that runs through that changes the culture of a home. It changes a family. It changes the relationship you have with your kids when they know how much you appreciate that they're there. Yes. Right? And that you believe in them and that you're their number one supporter. And I have no doubt he will be just as lucky as you were <laughs> because oh. because of, of that outlook. And boy, is that encouraging to me today because just yesterday, yesterday was Sunday, and I said to my husband, Sabbath is not a delight today. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm not feeling it. This is the hardest day of the week. And and I'm somebody who does love motherhood and who does champion mothers and who does look for the good. But we all hit that point too, you know? And oh, so yes. 
it's just, I just love these conversations that just remind me and bring me back to this, this very real moment that really right now is all that we're promised. And when we can really focus on that and not want to forget these little special things. And even if, you know, it's, it's a mess that your child made to be able to laugh at it, to be able to realize it can be cleaned up. It can, you know, things, things will go yeah. back to normal eventually, you know, and yeah. I just, that's so encouraging, Natalie. What a lucky little guy Tate is. Oh, no, we are the lucky ones. Oh, I <laughs> that love that. Is for sure. <laughs> well, Natalie, this has just been such an encouraging conversation, especially for the new year when I know so many moms, you know, have goals that they're, they're thinking, you know, what do we want our home to look like? How do we want our home to feel? Yeah. What do I want my relationships to be with my kids? And regardless of what your family composition is or where you're at in life, we can always focus more in on that gratitude and that present moment to really just live which I think is so cool. And they can do that by following you online. I love seeing the pictures you post. Where can people find you online if they want to follow along? Yeah, it's just, um, usually Instagram is my main source. And it's my Instagram handle is just Natalie underscore Moss. Perfect. So N-A-T-A-L-I-E underscore M-O-S-S. Fabulous. Well, Natalie, I always ask my guests just one final question, and it's yeah. this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? To not give up. And even if it's not a part of our plan here on earth to be a mother, that we can still find happiness and joy in other things and create the best version of ourselves, even if what we thought was going to be in our plan or what we wanted so badly to be in our plan is not a part of our plan here on earth and if it so happens that it is later in life or years later or later than we expected then that is so great and that we can be so thankful and grateful for that but if not know that there is still hope and that everything will work out how it's supposed to work out you are wise beyond your years 29 that's it i'm like almost 10 years older than you and i'm like still working on this natalie (laughs) you are so wonderful happy new year i hope the very best things for your family in this coming year and i just want to thank you so much for sharing your story with me today oh well thank you for the opportunity and for having me on your podcast i have loved talking to you so thank you I just consider it such an honor and privilege when extraordinary people are willing to hop on with me and share such intimate details of their lives. I hope that you can acknowledge the extraordinary that is within your own story as well. Do you take the time to just look back and think, wow, like look how far I've come. Look how far I've come as a mom. Look how I've evolved as a person. I hope you give yourself that credit. Extraordinary moms are not perfect moms, but they are moms that are striving to do their very best, knowing full well that their kids were meant for them. I believe in you. You can do this. And how extraordinary is Natalie? So thanks, Natalie, for coming on the show. What a great way to kick off 2022. You can find anywhere Natalie is online, linked over to extraordinarymomspodcast.com. You can follow me on Instagram at jessicadalquist 3 And I am just so grateful that you are here. We have so many incredible guests coming up this year. And so I hope you have subscribed to Extraordinary Moms Podcast wherever you listen to the show. If you haven't already left a review, 
that would mean so much to me. It just helps other people to find the show. And I don't push the reviews very often, but if you are listening right now on your device, will you just look down and see if you've left your review? If you haven't, go ahead and give a few stars and just maybe highlight one of the episodes that you've loved or why you listen. That is all it takes and it would mean so much to me. So thanks for tuning in the podcast today and we will see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.